Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode contains distressing themes and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen to episode 7 for part 1 of this two-part case. On this episode of They Walk Among America, after the Grand Rapids police found a torso in the basement of Jared Chance's apartment, he was quickly arrested. Evidence was mounting against him, but details were yet to be uncovered. Welcome to Episode 8 of They Walk Among America, a joint production between the Law and Crime Podcast Network and They Walk Among Us, the award-winning true crime podcast. On September 6th, 2019, Jared Chance was offered a plea deal that he would be sentenced as a fourth offence habitual offender and would face at least 31 years in prison. Chance would have to confess and disclose the location of Ashley Young's missing remains. But he chose to reject the deal and go to trial. The charges he was facing were second-degree murder, that he caused Ashley Young's death by knowingly acting with intent to kill, cause great harm, or cause a risk of great harm or death. Three counts of tampering with evidence in that he knowingly and intentionally moved or destroyed evidence that would be offered in a future proceeding such as a trial. These counts could relate to removing any of Ashley's limbs, hands, feet or head. Mutilation of a corpse in that he caused permanent damage to a dead body and concealing the death of an individual by failing to inform the police, while having a purpose for concealing the death. Jury selection began with 100 prospective jurors on September 9th. Presiding Judge Mark Trusock warned the jury that they would see some extremely graphic photographs of a mutilated body, and jurors who did not feel like they could continue were immediately dismissed. The defence had argued the admissibility of the photographs. Still, the judge allowed five into evidence to convey the lengths Chance went to to conceal his actions. Prosecutor Lawrence Boyvin said, Until you actually see what dismemberment is, you can't comprehend what this individual did to Miss Young. And nobody in their right mind would have done that to another human, unless they were the one who caused that person's death. The trial began on September 10th, 2019. The assistant county prosecutor Lawrence Boyvin told the jury that the blood found in Jared Chance's apartment and on the saw, the saw blades and other items discovered belonged to Ashley Young. 
The prosecution believed that Jared Chance either shot or hit Ashley in the head and killed her. Before he began dismembering her in the bathtub and using ammonia to try and get rid of the evidence. In January of that year, the police had been contacted after the toilet in Chance's apartment was not flushing properly. When they broke the toilet apart, they found a utility knife stuck in the pipe. Officers had also found a shower curtain in the Chance family garage. It tested positive for Ashley's blood. Cell phone data obtained from Verizon, Facebook and Google had allowed detectives to piece together locations and a timeline of Ashley and Chance's movements around the period of her murder. In his opening statement, the defence attorney Andrew Rodenhouse said that there was zero evidence that his client killed Ashley Young. He said that it could have been someone else that committed the murder. Rodenhouse claimed that the police focused on chance immediately and never considered any other suspects. The first witness to testify was Christine Young, Ashley's mother. She was handed a photograph listed as Exhibit 1 and was asked if she recognised the person in the picture. She tearfully answered, That's my daughter Ashley. Christine told the court that Ashley was kind and giving and would see the good in others, believing there was good in everyone. Ashley spoke to her mother days before her death. They discussed Ashley's friend Jared Chance and how she had helped him when his car was stuck in a ditch. Ashley had known Chance for a number of years. Christine left a voicemail for Chance on November 30th. The text messages exchanged between Jared Chance and Christine Young on that same day was shown to the court. The next witness was Mario Nelson, Chance's downstairs neighbour and the man who informed the police about the blood in the basement. He said that a woman and a man had come to the apartment and were looking through the bins. The pair claimed they were looking for someone who was last seen with Jared Chance. Mario Nelson testified that he and his girlfriend had noticed a foul smell in the apartment and he had been able to access the basement by moving his washer and dryer, as the basement door was locked and not accessible to tenants. This day I was up at his apartment. He was, I'm guessing he was drinking a little bit, talking to me about how cool his dad was. Like He told me that he used to be in the Irish mob, that he knows if he ever got into a situation that he, he knows how to clean up blood and things like that. Did he tell you how he knew how to clean up? He said he would use some kind of soda, like a some kind of pop and something else. Basically, if he was in a situation to where he had to get rid of someone, the, the stuff he would need to get rid of, like the blood or maybe his fingerprints on something. And I like and I know for a fact like he always kept gloves, so you know I don't You said he was in a situation where he had to get rid of someone. Are those the defendant's words? Yeah. And you said that he always had gloves. What kind of gloves? Like latex gloves. Do you remember what color? Blue. 
On the second day of witness testimony, the supervisor of the Kent County Sheriff Department's crime scene unit, Karen Curtis, testified that she was at the scene as part of the Grand Rapids police technician team. She had searched the boxes that were found on the stairwell that led to Jared Chance's apartment. Inside the box that was labelled with Chance's name and address, she found a black bag. As you were opening that black garbage bag, what is it that you saw? I saw limbs. Can you specify for the record what you mean by limbs? Or I should say how many limbs? I saw two thighs and with the knee attached and calf, no feet, and two arms from the shoulder, elbow, forearm, no hands. Karen Curtis also showed the court the black hoodie that had been found in Jared Chance's apartment. It belonged to Ashley, and she had been seen wearing it on November 28. The hoodie had a significant amount of blood on it. This was confirmed as being Ashley Young's blood. The manager and a bartender from Mulligan's Pub testified that Ashley Young was seen in Mulligan's that night with Jared Chance. Nothing they said made them think she would be missing in the days that followed. CCTV footage was shown of Jared Chance with his mother Barbara in a Costco in Wyoming before they went to Holland on December 1st. Telephone records showed that Ashley had texted a friend at 2.47am on November 29th from the Franklin area, saying, quote, I kissed him, and he kissed me back, but we just cuddled. At 5.16am, she sent another text that likely auto-corrected from fuck to duck. Half an hour later, she sent messages that read, You were so right. He admits tonight that he used to like me back then. Followed by a text that read, Shut up. Those messages at 5.46am were the last time Ashley's phone was used. Phone data showed where Ashley's mobile phone was at different times based on cell tower connections. They provided the approximate direction and distance the phone was from a tower. Detective Tim DeVries of the Grand Rapids Police Department testified that at 9.19pm on November 28, Ashley and Chance's phones were in the area of Chance's Franklin apartment and then moved to the area of Mulligan's Pub and the Hookah Lounge in Easttown. Both phones pinged at the Franklin apartment a few hours later at 1.34am. They remained there until the next morning. At 7.20am, both phones moved south towards Kalamazoo and stopped transmitting data at 7.45am in the area of 28th Kalamazoo Avenue. Chance's phone continued to ping as he travelled back up 44th Street and then to his Franklin apartment. He was seen on CCTV at Miss Trace's party store on Franklin Street that morning, buying ammonia and placing an orange bag in the trash. Chance was then collected by his parents from his apartment. His mother Barbara had her location services enabled through Google, 
and the police obtained warrants for those records. Barbara and Chance's phones were at the Franklin area at 10am that morning. They headed south to 44th Street and Kalamazoo Avenue over half an hour later. It was believed they stopped there to get rid of the evidence. The phones moved west along that street and Chance's phone stopped transmitting data and was not recovered. The location of the mobile phone proved that Chance was lying to Christine Young when he told her he was at work and that her daughter had just called him. His mother's phone continued to track her location to a Costco where they were picked up on CCTV before going to their house in Holland. Witnesses had testified that they saw Ashley Young's car in the driveway of the Franklin apartment and Mario Nelson testified that he had helped Chance get into the car after Chance said he locked the keys inside. The vehicle was found by officers following a grid search. It had been moved a few streets away to Alexander Road. The car was damaged on the front door where Chance had broken into it. Demetrius Taylor, the man that Chance had told Christine Young that Ashley was with on November 30th, testified about Chance asking him to lie to Ashley's mother. He was emotional as he began speaking and refused to look at Jared Chance to identify him until he was pressed to. Demetrius Taylor said, quote, I loved you, bro before he began answering the prosecutor's questions. The witness stated that he and Chance were friends and that he had even helped Chance get a job. Demetrius testified that Chance had called him on Friday, November 30th and asked him to tell his friend's mother that Ashley had been with him and used his phone. Chance then sent a text message to Demetrius and told him to tell Christine that he lived in Kalamazoo. Demetrius missed the first call from Christine and Chance texted him saying, Answer the damn phone, fool, and tell her she just left. Demetrius Taylor had told Christine the truth when she rang him, that he did not know Ashley Young. Christine was upset and said that she was going to call the police. Demetrius told her to do what she had to do, and she had his number if she needed him. Jared Chance then sent a text message to Demetrius Taylor that read, quote, You're fucking stupid, bro. You just fucked me, bro. Delete all these messages. Demetrius told Christine Young what Chance had said when she called him on December 2nd. Conrad Chance, Jared Chance's younger brother, took the stand at the end of the second day of testimony. When asked if his brother had a gun, Conrad said that his sibling had a 22 caliber revolver. Conrad explained that Jared Chance had once pointed the revolver at him and pulled the trigger. One night, Ashley Young had gone to help Chance after he crashed his car driving home from a strip club. 
He was a three-time offender and would have been in trouble if he was caught. So Ashley went to help him. After returning home, they sat in the living room. Chance had the gun in his hand and pointed it at Conrad and pulled the trigger numerous times. It was not loaded. Conrad said that Ashley had chastised Chance for messing with the weapon. A couple of weeks later, her dismembered remains were found in the basement. Conrad Chance asserted that he had been with his parents on December 1st when they collected his brother from Grand Rapids. He said that he helped Chance carry several items to their parents' Honda CRV, including a trash can, a box containing black bags, a mop, and a bucket. Ashley Young's blood was later found in the mop and bucket. Her limbs were found inside the box. Conrad testified that they stopped at Ashley's Ford Focus, which was parked a few streets away, and Chance took some black boots from it. Black boots were later found on the stairs leading to his apartment on December 2nd. The prosecution believed that Chance transported Ashley's remains in his parents' Honda to their house in Holland. Investigators found a bottle of ammonia with a label from Miss Trace's party store on the site, an empty box of blue latex gloves and traces of blood in the Honda. A chance's parents' home officers also found the saw under the living room sofa, a blood-stained washcloth and a blood-stained shower curtain. Conrad said they drove Chance back to Grand Rapids the next day and he helped him carry the boxes and other items back up the stairwell at the Franklin apartment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The third day of testimony focused on the DNA evidence recovered. Ashley's blood had been found in numerous locations throughout Jared Chance's apartment. It was also discovered in the trash can that contained the saw blades, on the mop and bucket, on the saw found at his parents' home, on the shower curtain in his parents' garage, on a piece of paper discovered in his parents' Honda, on jeans that had Jared Chance's name on them and all over the black hoodie Ashley had been seen wearing. The defence heavily emphasised the fact that two other DNA profiles had been identified with the blood stain on the jeans, although it was a very small sample, seven septillion times more likely to be Ashley Young's DNA than anyone else's. Lead investigator Detective Erica Fannin informed the court that the case consisted of hundreds of hours of police work 
and the majority of blood-stained items gathered were not DNA tested due to the limitations imposed by the crime lab. Nine pieces of evidence were tested and they conclusively indicated it was Ashley Young's DNA. Jared Chance waived his right to testify and the defence did not present any evidence. Still, Chance's attorney asked why the police did not investigate anyone else other than Chance. Attorney Andrew Rodenhouse asked the court to throw the case out due to lack of evidence, but Judge Trusock said there was enough circumstantial evidence linking Chance to Ashley Young's murder for it to go before a jury. After three days of testimony and over 260 pieces of evidence presented, both sides began to offer their closing statements to the jury. Assistant Kent County Prosecutor Boyvin said that when Jared Chance was telling Christine Young that her daughter was fine, Ashley was being dismembered. The prosecutor told the jury about the lengths Chance went to to cover up his crime moving Ashley's car, dismembering her body, getting rid of her phone and his phone, buying ammonia and trash bags, moving items and getting rid of Ashley's head, hands and feet. They were never recovered. The prosecutor preempted the defence's strategy to rely on the fact that no definitive cause of death could be found for Ashley Young due to her head and neck remaining missing. He said that they knew it was homicide because no one would go to the lengths Jared Chance went to to dismember Ashley if they were not responsible for her death. Andrew Rodenhouse, for the defence, told the jury that the prosecution had no evidence to prove Chance was guilty of second-degree murder, which requires that Chance intended to kill Ashley Young. The defence attorney said that Dr David Start, who conducted a partial post-mortem, could not rule out other ways Ashley died. In the attorney's opinion, there was no evidence that Chance caused Ashley's death, and as the prosecutor had said, who would be able to dismember another human being if they had not been the one to kill them. The jury began deliberating on Friday, September 13th. Three hours later, they returned, finding Jared Chance guilty on all charges. Second-degree murder, three counts of tampering with evidence, concealment of a death and mutilation of a corpse. His sentencing hearing was scheduled for the following month. On October 10th, 2019, Jared Chance was brought to the Kent County Circuit Court. Ashley Young's loved ones were given the opportunity to make a statement. Her father Ambrose spoke about how he grew up on a farm before moving to America, so he knew what it took to slaughter an animal, the way Jared Chance had done to his daughter. Ambrose said that Ashley had everything going for her, and that she was kind and big-hearted. He explained that when he was granted citizenship in America, he was proud to be part of such a great country. 
Ashley's father described how all he had left of his daughter was her photo and a voicemail she left him. He said that he had never owned a gun in his life and that guns were for people who protected the people, not cowards like Chance. I say to you, Jared, and I look at you straight in the face, one man to another, you're nothing but a coward. You lived your life as a coward, you're going to die yourself as a coward. And I'm asking now, Your Honor, do the right thing for us, him, do it for me. Make sure that animal never sees their light again, or I'm food. Thank you. Ashley's stepmother, Dana, confronted Chance and asked him to tell the truth and give Ashley's mother the peace she deserved. She spoke of how they went to look for Ashley at Chance's apartment and saw yellow police tape around the property. When they were told that police had found a torso, she said she knew it was Ashley and wondered if she was scared or if he ignored her pleas to be safe. I hope no other mother, step-parents, father, family and friends ever have to go through what we have gone through and forever will go through every day for the rest of our lives. No one has to hear the sound that I heard coming from Ashley's mom the day she first, the first time, she saw him was able to be with her daughter. After she was murdered, she only had her daughter's torso and limbs. That's all I heard. There's no sound that anyone wants to hear. There was nothing I could do to comfort or console or take away or fix it for her. Nothing. Face Ashley's mother. Give her that peace. Tell her what happened that early morning of November 29th when Ashley's life ended and where the rest of her daughter Ashley is. Do the right thing today. And if you don't do the right thing today by telling her mother, I hope you are tormented with your thoughts about what you did to our Ashley and you get no peace while you sit in prison for the rest of your life. Finally, Christine Young walked to the podium. She carried a box with Ashley's ashes inside and turned it so the photo of her daughter faced away from the man who took Ashley's life. I've had this conversation with you in my mind since 12-7-2018, the day the DNA came back as Ashley's. I thought I would be able to write this with all the things that I wanted to say, but I have such a hard time concentrating. Now, I cry seven days a week. Seven! Most days is to and from work. I do not sleep well. My mind never stops. Never! I just keep going back to that last conversation that I had with Ashley. Why didn't I ask where she was going? Why didn't I ask who she was going to be with like I normally do? 
Maybe I could have stopped her from going to see you. I keep trying to live every moment we had together. Ashley, I miss you every moment of every day. When I was 18, I was told I would never have children by a doctor. I thank God he gave me the gift of Ashley. Even though it was for a very short period of time, God gave me that gift. You had no right to take her from me. To take her from her family. Ashley, you brought so much to our lives. You were so loving, so caring. I miss your 20-second hugs, your big, beautiful eyes, and your smile. I miss your laughter. I miss talking to you, and I miss you. I miss Ashley. Dear chance, I hate you. I want to rip you limb from limb and discard you like trash, like what you did to Ashley. You do not deserve to breathe. I do not know what Ashley saw in you. That was worth saving. Ashley did nothing to you. She did not deserve this. Jared Chance was standing opposite Ashley's mother facing the floor, while Christine looked him in the face the entire time. Witnesses could see his defence attorney wipe away tears, but Chance did not even lift his head. Judge Mark Trusock felt that he did not want Jared Chance to benefit from the fact that he hid Ashley's head, which left the cause of death as unspecified. The judge said that the only potential motive shown was that Chance had bragged that he could get away with murder. The judge believed that the sentencing guidelines did not take all the lies and misrepresentations Chance made into account, nor did they cover the level of brutality or Chance's lack of remorse or compassion. Judge Trusok said that in his 34 years in the legal system, and in the 200-plus murder cases he had presided over. This was without question the worst case he had ever been involved in. Jared Chance was sentenced to 100 to 200 years for the second-degree murder charge, meaning he would not be eligible for parole until he was at least 130 years old. But the charges of mutilation evidence tampering and concealment, Chance received concurrent sentences of up to 100 years. As the judge told the court officers to take Jared Chance to prison, there was a round of applause from the court. In January 2020, Jared Chance's parents, James and Barbara Chance, were brought to the court to face charges of perjury and accessory after the fact. Barbara Chance pleaded no contest on January 6th, 
but James Chance chose to go to trial. While jurors would be allowed to see graphic photos of Ashley Young's remains, they were not allowed to see a picture of Ashley when she was alive because the defence argued it would inflame the jury. James Chance's attorney, Laura Joyce, said that after her client found out what his son did, he tried to turn Chance in, but he wanted an attorney before any questioning took place. The prosecutor said this was simply part of their plan. James Chance was a retired police sergeant. He knew that demanding an attorney would delay any questioning. When the police executed the search warrant at the Chances' home in Holland, James Chance remarked that he was glad he was not investigating it because it was a tough case. Chance said in his interview with police in December 2018 that his son was crying and said, I can't believe I did it, but I was so afraid. Jared Chance subsequently told his father he put Ashley's remains in trash cans around Grand Rapids. The perjury charge related to lying about details of December 1st, when James Chance was interviewed. He did not admit that the family went to Costco or near Kalamazoo Avenue, which may have led to evidence, like Ashley's head, being found. James Chance insisted that he did not know that there were body parts in the boxes that his son had put in their car, and he did not look. The prosecution alleged that the defendant was purposefully being evasive during questioning, and the defence claimed that he was trying to help, but the investigators failed to ask him the right questions. Prosecutor Lawrence Boyvin believed that a backpack that James Chance saw in Jared Chance's apartment contained Ashley's head. The prosecutor said that James Chance tampered with evidence and participated as an accessory to the crime by, quote, taking out the trash, which he admitted to in an interview when he said he threw out the backpack. The now 77-year-old was accused of using his knowledge and specialised skills to help his son get away with murder. The defence attorney, Laura Joyce, told the court that her client told the police his son needed to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. The jury struggled to agree on two of the charges and Judge Paul Denenfeld urged them to continue deliberating in hopes that they would reach a unanimous verdict. Ultimately, James Chance was acquitted on the first count of perjury. There was a mistrial on the second count as the jury could not agree on a verdict. However, James Chance was found guilty of being an accessory after the fact. Christine Young, Ashley's mother, spoke at the sentencing hearing for 65-year-old Barbara and 77-year-old James Chance. She said, You did everything to stop my daughter, the rest of her, from ever coming home. Not all of her came back from your home. 
I pray every night that you and your wife are tormented for what you have done. James Chance told the lieutenant at the Grand Rapids police station that he was making the biggest mistake of his career when they did not question Jared Chance the day they stopped at the station. And this was held in his favour at sentencing. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, the hearing was held remotely online on June 5th, 2020. James Chance spoke of how he grieved deeply for Ashley Young's family. Barbara Chance said she would change what happened if she could. Judge Denenfeld said that Barbara was doing what her husband told her to do. James Chance was sentenced to 30 days in Kent County Jail. Barbara Chance was sentenced to 45 days. Their terms were to be served at different times because they had to care for their son, Conrad. In January 2021, Jared Chance began the appeals process. He argued that the trial court heard when Judge Trusock refused to instruct the jury to consider an involuntary manslaughter charge. Statutory involuntary manslaughter would relate to the accidental discharge of a firearm that has been deliberately aimed, like when Chance once aimed an empty gun at his brother and pulled the trigger several times. A defendant is entitled to a jury instruction on involuntary manslaughter if a rational view of the evidence supports that the victim's death was caused by an act of gross negligence and not malice. Chance argued that the evidence demonstrated that he was playing with a loaded gun in a grossly negligent manner, which caused it to fire and kill Ashley. Ashley Young's head was never recovered, so there is no proof that she died of a gunshot wound. However, the appellate court ruled that in this case, a rational view of the evidence did not support a finding that a jury instruction for common law manslaughter was appropriate. Conrad's testimony that Chance had pulled the trigger on the gun while it was aimed at his brother did not establish a basis for involuntary manslaughter when the testimony was examined in the context of the entirety of evidence that had been introduced. The evidence supported that Jared Chance acted with malice, not negligence. The gun was never recovered, and multiple witnesses testified that he owned a gun. There were over 400 unfired rounds of 22 caliber ammunition found in the basement, and in the furnace duct that led from his apartment to the basement, there were two casings from fired rounds. This could lead the jury to find that he intentionally hid evidence. Chance had also bragged about knowing how to get away with murder, and he lied to Ashley's mother continually when he knew Ashley was dead. This all supports the inference that he acted with malicious intent. Jared Chance had also argued that the trial court erred by sentencing him outside of the calculated minimum sentencing guidelines range. 
when addressing chance and the possibility of a reduction in the defendant's prison term. Judge Trusok had said, because you decapitated and concealed her head, it is fundamentally unfair to allow you to benefit from these actions in the scoring of the guidelines. The appellate court said that the guidelines for sentencing are advisory and that such factors as the seriousness of the crime and circumstances not covered by the guidelines must be served to determine an appropriate sentence. The appellate court ruled that the sentence was proportionate to the seriousness of the offence. Finally, Chance's defence counsel submitted that the sentence of 100 to 200 years violated the indeterminate sentencing rule. This applies when the term of years imposed are less than life, meaning that the defendant would have a chance to get out of prison. In that case, the sentence must be determinate, but the judge imposed a punishment greater than the average human lifespan. However, despite Jared Chance's arguments, the State of Michigan Court of Appeals affirmed Chance's sentence of 100 to 200 years. Ashley Young's missing remains have still not been recovered. Her family are raising money for a reward for the return of her head, neck, hands and feet. Jared Chance is currently incarcerated at Saginaw Correctional Facility. The earliest he will be eligible for parole is in 2118. He will be 130 years old. This episode was researched and written by Eileen McFarlane and edited by Brad Maybe. For more on our series and notes on this episode, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. And for more on the Law and Crime Podcast Network, please visit lawandcrime.com slash podcasts. This has been They Walk Among America. Thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.